0: Hello, and welcome back to another very special episode of the Champions cast. This is Andy Spateri, and we are about to launch into part two a thrilling conclusion of a live reading of a murder in Castletown. Please enjoy the ups, downs, thrills, shocks, and twists, and we'll see you on the other side.
1: Link, stop.
0: Impa's voice trailed after me as I stormed down the hall, and admittedly, I did not really process her words right away. A sort of blind rage had overcome me, and I knew I wasn't thinking logically. But how could I? I had just been told my best friend, who I had known since since we were children, upon whose word I gave up my home and life as I knew it might have been a murderer. At least, that's where my head was at the time. And I was going to make her tell me. I didn't care what she was doing. I didn't care if she was eating or speaking with the council or taking some much needed personal time. She was going to talk to me and explain exactly why she needed a vial of poison that was used in the death of her father. Link, listen to me. I suddenly felt my body jerked back um, behind a large human wall as Impa blocked my way. Think about what you're about to do. You mean confront someone who was supposed to be my friend about why she asked a servant to steal rat poison, I hissed? And Impa shushed me, holding uh, holding up her hands in placation. It didn't work.
2: I know you need to talk to her now. It's why, you're your, it's why you are still here.
0: I came here in the first place for her, Impa.
2: But you need to consider what you were going to
0: say. I'll figure it out when I get there, I, I thought. I glared, nostrils flaring and ducked past her. Behind me, I heard the woman sigh.
1: She's in her study.
0: Impa called after me. I took a sharp left and made a beeline. One benefit of the castle, at least in this particular situation, had to be its size. I left Zelda's servant's, uh, servant in her quarters in an absolute rage, but by the time I got to the tower that held the princess's study, the, dull head, the rage had dulled to more of an ache in my stomach. I hated that idea that I even needed to confront her in this way. I hated the fact that I had to find out this order from her servant, regardless of her reasons. She could have told me. I may not have enjoyed the news, but I wouldn't have felt this utter sense of, sense of what really? Betrayal? Fury? She was the, she was a princess before anything else. She didn't an, She didn't answer to me in what I thought she needed to do. She gave commands and I followed them. I just wish that as my friend, she had been honest with me from the beginning. I knocked. It took several seconds to an- it took her several seconds to answer, and the wooden door was so heavy and thick that I could not make out any sound from within. I stood, tapping on my upper lip, trying to gather my thoughts bef- enough to form words, then trying to form those words into coherent questions. She opened the door, poking her head outside. Her bloodshot eyes spoke volumes to the weight suddenly thrust upon her shoulder. She blinked at me, unspeaking, and I looked in silence to her. After what felt like an eternity, she stood back and let me in.
2: You know, don't you?
0: I asked once the door had been closed. Why didn't you tell me? She sighed, leaning against the doorframe, arms crossed. She had seen the expression in Impa before. Somehow, coming from a matriarch, both delicate and brutally decisive, made her seem that much more threatening. She could either n- nurture me or she could tear me apart.
2: What would I have told you?
0: How about my mouth plunged forward without my consent? Hey, I needed this one specialized poison, and it just so happens to be one the you know it just so happens to be the one the possession of one of your suspects. Um, just in case it came up. Uh, she chuckled half-heartedly. She looked as tired as I felt, and for a moment, my heart went out to her.
2: <clears throat> I suppose it's too late now.
0: Yeah, I said matter-of-factly, a bit insulted by her flippant attitude. I knew it was because she was exhausted. I knew she had to. She had yet to truly come to terms with the death of her father, but I could not understand how she failed to realize that her possession of the seven-year sleep had suddenly thrown her into the suspect pool. She seemed not to care. Or maybe she did. She knew this would happen, and she just, like me, had found herself well in over her head to the point where she could all, where all she could do was try to laugh. It wouldn't have been the first time. I sighed. Zelda, please, just talk to me. The princess righted herself and approached me. Her fingers tangled their way into mine, and she held, and she led me to sit in her desk chair propping her own figure to sit atop uh, atop the desk itself.
2: Very well. You know why I asked you to my father's banquet, right?
0: Because you did not want to attend alone?
2: Yes. And because I did not feel comfortable having Ganondorf here without you. He doesn't exactly have a great record as leader in this kingdom.
0: Fine, I get that. but, But why... She held up her small, gloved hand.
2: I did not trust Ganondorf in the slightest. And ordered that servant to search his and Niburu's belongings for anything that might be of harm to Hyrule. She found the poison in the folds of Niburu's cloak and brought it to me. And I saw my chance to rid this land of that man, written in the annals of time as our downfall. It wasn't well thought out, but the opportunity could not be overlooked. I had to kill Ganondorf for the sake of my land, and that seemed as good a way as any. Still, I never even got the chance. I requested the vials from my servant but it had already been taken, presumably by the one who used it on. Or oh, my father.
0: I rubbed my face fiercely, rolling over her words in my head. I wish that, in that moment, I could have said Zelda had never been prone to a gut reaction. I wish I could have said that she had, she was as wise as her Triforce piece would have suggested. She did tend to think through her actions, every outcome, every direction. Her heart, her mind, her wisdom had always been in the right place, but she had her moments when she let her feelings and emotions take her away. When she command- when she commanded the-, the very flow of the ver- what? <laughs> when she commanded the very flow of past, present and future with her fears and hopes. I had always just gone along with her as her sword and shield. Do you know who took the poison from your servant? I heard my own words roll out of me, foreign in tone and tongue. She watched me, empathetic, and knelt to better see me. I had to have been the only person in this land who would ever see the Sage of Time kneel before them, and were and were this any other situation, I might have been. I might have seen the action as a gift. It truly was.
2: I know I should have told you the truth from the beginning. I failed in that respect as your friend and as the person that asked you here, but I honestly have no idea who went into her room and took the poison.
0: I finally met her gaze, and she tire- and her tired, strained, beautiful blue eyes held me in her grasp. Just as they had always done. Just as true as they had always been. You took it to kill Ganondorf. Yes. She insisted, desperate tones easing away the last of my worries. Zelda once more became my friend, and my relief I placed at her feet. The next day dawned with my head locked in the memory of my confrontation with Zelda, running through my, running through our words over and over again in my head. She could have said some. She never. She knew she could have said something. She knew that she now looked awful in her own case. But she had taken the poison to kill Ganondorf, or so she said. And both with and without bias, I want, I wanted so much to believe her. It would have made my job easier and well. No one wanted to think about their best friend committing such a heinous crime against their own father. But with any other subject in this case, I wouldn't eliminate them as a suspect based solely on their own testimony. I would need more evidence to clear her name, no matter who it was. I couldn't treat the princess any different than one of them, no matter how much I wanted to. I then, back to my, I then thought back to my talk with Ruto. She mentioned Ganondorf, too, and then immediately shut down her, uh, to, to further questions. He has something to do with this. I know it. It's there, I just can't grasp it. And until I could, I had to press on with all other paths. I wiped my brow and adjusted my slightly less familiar yet extremely, useless, my extremely useful red tunic and climbed the last few steps up Death Mountain to the home of the Goron. Today, I visited the Patriarch himself, brother and chief to his people. Stay impartial, I reminded myself, descending into the mountain. Below me, Darunia waved and patiently awaited my arrival. That didn't help. Ask him about the trade, agree- uh, ask him about the trade arguments. Ask him about the tensions between our people. He crushed me with a bolder hug. Impartial! Impartial! Ha ha! Brother! Darunia's voice bounced loudly off the rocks. I smiled, discreetly attempting to re-crunch my bones back into place.
3: Uh, It's been a while since you've come to my home.
0: I only wish I came under better circumstances, I said, hoping he would get the idea that I wanted to get right to business. I I wasn't there for leisure. So the more time I spent being buddy-buddy with him, the harder it would be to distance myself and to do what needed to be done. Wow, this is going to be tough. Darunia's expression fell. I could tell my short words stung a bit, but my mind kept repeating... It's mantra to keep me uh, on the straight and forward. Drunia had been seen arguing with the king prior to his passing, and the relationship between the Gorons and Castletown had been a bit rocky—no pun intended. And I had been—and uh, I had to get to the bottom of it. Is there a place you'd prefer to talk? The chief glanced around to his uh, glanc- glanced around at the people at his people milling about their business. With a broad sweep of his massive, lanky arm, he led me into his personal throne room. I took a moment to consider the room, the engraved walls and hanging banners. The floor tiling had always seemed a bit odd, monochrome, rigid, and uncomfortably warm. Perfect for a Goron. Not that great for a Hylian. Derenia plopped on his stone chair and rested his chin on his hand.
3: (sighs) It's unfortunate that you've been caught up in...
0: I shrugged, pulling my sword from my back to let my shoulders breathe. I was, I was a sweating mess, even with the red tunic. Nerves, I guess. Stress? I served the crown in the land of Hyrule. And the princess. Her too. Do I tell him? I can't help but wonder how you got, how you got caught up yourself.
3: It is as Lady Impa said. We had been seen by several members of the council arguing prior to dinner. I won't lie, I can't say our relations haven't been strained. For a time, I wondered if I'd even be invited to his annual banquet. Honestly, I was surprised when the invitation came.
0: I pulled the king's journal from my tunic and opened it to the entry I'd found referencing the relations. You kept increasing your asking price for Goron mind ore, and the king responded by withholding medicines and potions. Is that a reasonable summation of what was going on?
3: It's what he Sorry. <laughs> he nodded. You get, you get, it's what we were arguing about. You see, the very same ore we trade for to you is our source of food, and it's not a renewable resource. Furthermore, the labor that goes into... I'm going to start over. (laughs) Furthermore, the labor that goes into mining some of the difficult and rare ores, such as the ones found within the mountain's core, is extremely dangerous. We are, so to speak, risking our lives, so do we not deserve proper
0: compensation? It's not for me to speak on matters of politics... I wouldn't even know where to begin, honestly. I'm just here to find a killer.
3: I understand, brother. So then, what do you need from me so that I might clear my name?
0: How did the argument go? Walk me through it.
3: I asked him to step to the side for a moment. To be honest, I can't remember how I began the conversation. I had rolled the words over and over again in my head so many times. I just wanted the arguing to stop. Admittedly, perhaps his party was not the ideal ground for us to settle terms, but our people had been united for generations, and I was not about to break it. But the king was rather drunk and unwilling to listen. He kept cutting me off, telling me that my prices were unfair. And and he kept cutting me off, telling me that my prices were unfair, that to pay pay them one more time, third time's the charm, people. Here we go. He kept cutting me off, telling me that my prices were unfair, that to pay them, he would need to inflate the cost to his people. He became unreasonable, and I, in turn, raised my own voice when I probably shouldn't have. My words were aimed at hurt, and I could never take them back. It was unbecoming of myself and disrespectful to him.
0: Regret. That I could see very well in him. I changed course a bit. Have you ever heard of the 7 years' sleep? He tilted his head at me, a small grin playing on his features. I snorted. I, I, I didn't name it. His face bloomed into full amusement. He shook his head. <laughs> I
3: mean, other than a long, long nap, no. What is it?
0: It's a poison that basically turns your body against itself and forces you to drown in a very beautiful, brutal manner. It's what killed the king. He sat straight, and I could feel the alarm rolling off him, off of him. He hadn't known. What sort of reaction could... N- that sort of reaction could not be faked. Hmm. And his name had not been anywhere near the register. Besides, Gorons were, not, were all about honor, facing enemies, fighting battles face to face. If a Goron were to kill, even a Hylian, their victim would see it coming. Club against blade. To even consider poison went completely against their culture. Chief Darunia was, if nothing else, a proud Goron. The evidence against him was, just wasn't there. Not even if I closed one eye and didn't really look out of the other. To go with my gut did not exactly lend to a proper investigation, but this time, the facts supported it. An argument did not make him a murderer. Okay, brother, I said. Help me out, then. Give me something I can use. Anything. He tapped on his upper lip, thinking. Look,
3: I don't know... Look, I don't know what you've discovered about Ganador, And I don't know if he's responsible, but I can tell you this. He has been looking for support against the king. Oh? He approached me about half a season ago, asking me questions about my conflicts with the king. I don't know how he knew about them, but he did. And he asked me how I could help, offering in exchange for my support in an uprising. He had already begun to aid the Zora in their plight with the Hylians, and...
0: I'm, honest, I'm honestly not sure what Darunia said next. I kind of stopped processing in words the moment he mentioned the Zora. Ganondorf had approached them with the same proposal? Had he made it to Ruto? The line drew itself. I pictured her face. The moment she let the the Gerudo king's name slip. Horror. Her guard had been down and cast aside, and she gave away a secret I had not known existed.
1: Ask your princess if you must. Or Ganondorf, even.
0: Her voice rang loud in my memory, producing yet another question that made absolutely no sense. Had Ruto and Ganondorf formed an alliance? Was that the connection between them? Like a string teasing and taunting a cat, answers pulled back, back, back. One thing became clear to me, though. I needed to take all this back to Impa, and then I had, I had been avoiding a very obvious lead. The time had come for me to follow it. I stood facing a large blocked door. Its dark, aged wood almost seemed to move in the shadows cast in the unlit hallway. Sometimes Hyrule Castle felt like home of sometimes Hyrule Castle felt less like a home for monarchs and more like some ancient dungeon, twisted hallways leading deeper and deeper into the structure's bowels, wood walls giving way to stone as one moved just beyond the upper chambers. I was no stranger to dungeons, but this cap- this castle seemed different perhaps more intimidating in its antiquity. Some would say that the other spots in the kingdom called... Some would say other spots in the kingdom collected Hyrule's bloody history of greed and hatred, but in that moment, as I stared down the dark entryway, I'd have argued with that such history was evident in these castle walls. It was here that Ganondorf chose to stay while visiting the castle. Why am I even here? I asked myself. I kept telling myself that the reason why I hadn't yet pursued Ganondorf in this investigation was because I was trying to be unbiased, but the truth was that the guy gave me the creeps. Everyone sensed it. He had he had a threatening aura around him, as if he would lash out at the least bit of provocation, and it felt, as stupid as it sounded, like Ganondorf had his eyes on everything. It was like he could see everything that was going on in the kingdom in his mind's eye, and if Ganondorf As Murder turned out to be a close case, I really didn't want to be the one to make the judgment. The Gerudo had made frequent frequent visits to Hyrule Castle over the prior few years, slowly forging a tepid alliance with the now-departed king, and with every stay, he, without exception, chose to stay in the oldest part of the castle, in some cold, dark room with no windows. He said that it had been something to do with wanting to respect his host, to show humility, but I didn't buy it. Even though I could never pinpoint a reason, he always seemed to be up to no good down here. So let's find out what he's actually up to, then. I slowly reached for the doorknob to give it one last twist. Part of me wished that it had just been open enough without forcing... Oh. Part of me wished that it would just open up without enough force, allowing entry without me having to bust it off. Even though Impa had assured me that Ganondorf left the castle on some kind of business, the last thing I wanted to do was make too much noise down here. My hand clenched the knob, and I hesitantly turned it. Click. The lock sounded as the doorknob resisted. I guess I have no other choice. I reached for my sword and leveled the hilt against just a few inches above the knob. Sweat had already gathered on sweat had already started to gather on my forehead, dampening the stray hairs beneath my cap. Yeah <laughs> I yelled instinctively as I struck down on the knob. The old, rusty globe detached easily and it fell to the floor. The sound of metal against stone echoed through the empty hallway. I stood motionless for a few seconds, half expecting to see something or someone emerge from one of the other closed doors without earsh- within earshot. When I felt confident that I, had, that I hadn't alerted anyone, I proceeded to force open the door with my shoulder. The door, as sturdy as it was, gave way easily enough, and with a slight hesitation in my steps, I entered the Grudo King's quarters. Though the lantern on my belt shined more, more light into the room, the chamber wasn't as dark as I thought it would be. Shadows lingered in the corners, but something in the room was producing a pulsing red glow. My eyes immediately met a small lit candle on a wooden crate, just its flame giving off an unnatural, an unnatural blood-red color. I, I heard a brief creak behind me as I took another step. I froze, my eyes wide open. I turned slowly on my heel to see what may have produced the sound, but with a gnawing fear of what I might see. Looking back, I saw only the open door. A few frayed wooden pieces showing along the edges, I let out a long, deep breath. (sighs) It must have been the door settling or something, I told myself. My attention returned to the red candle. It sat on a dusty crate directly beside a bed, an old cot with gray sheets. As I reached my hand toward the flame, dark hue engulfing my fingers, I was surprised to feel no heat whatsoever. An incantation, perhaps? Hyrule was no stranger to magic, and Ganondorf didn't seem one opposed to dabbling in such disciplines. A feeling lingered, in my, um, a finger, uh, a feeling lingered inside my head, a sense of, that someone or something was watching me from the shadows. Turning a full circle, I saw only the four corners of the room, the cot, the crate, and a closed closet door. "'My eyes focused on the sealed uh, sealed aperture. "'It seemed to warp and swell "'with the pulsating light of the candle, "'like the chest of some sleeping beast. "'I thought I heard a small murmur, "'a faint hum from behind the door, "'and, or perhaps the door itself, "'but my mind was playing tricks on me. "'Surely no one could see through it, "'and I couldn't imagine Ganondorf, "'or anyone for that matter, "'hiding in some broom closet. "'I brushed a row of sweat from my forehead "'and turned to the crate. "'Beside the candle,' Within arm's reach uh, the head, from the head of the cot, I spotted a stack of papers, unfolded letters, it seemed. I picked, up one, I picked up the top few pages and lifted them closer to my face. The darkness of the room and, and the crimson glow of the candle made it difficult to make out the words. But, turning the foremost page against the, light of, uh, against the light of my lantern, I was able to glean its last few sentences. I saw the closing remarks of a letter made in elegant flourishes.
1: I really do appreciate your support on this matter. It's clear that Hyrule's patriarch no longer has our people's best interests at heart. Perhaps we should act sooner rather than later. I look forward to forging a new... I look forward to forging a new partnership between the Zora la, la, la. I look forward to forging a new partnership between the Zora and the Gerudo. And I look forward to meeting with you under more casual circumstances soon. Ruto.
0: I knew there was something going on between them, I thought. I quickly flipped through the collection of pages in my hand, eyeing the same signature at the bottom of each letter. As much as I didn't want it to be the case, I realized that I now held months worth of correspondence between the Ganondorf and the Zora, between Ganondorf and the Zora Princess. I needed to get these to Impa, but I knew I wasn't quite finished searching the entire room. I, stab, I stashed the letters into my tunic and started f- toward the closet door. But in that very moment, my stride ceased as I watched the closet door slowly creep open, a drawn-out squeal coming from its rusty hinges. My blood ran cold. I could see a dark figure standing within the shadows of the newly opened cell. And then I heard a heavy stomp. And then another. And the, f- the figure slowly emerging from the darkness into the red hue of the larger room. Oh, great. Great. Before before me stood what looked like a possessed suit of armor, every inch of its body covered in an iron shell. Atop its head was a horned helmet with with a full iron mask covering its face. There were small holes, presumably for the thing to see from, but I could only see darkness lying within the mask. I couldn't tell whether there was a man or a beast inside, or if its frame was large enough, but its frame was large enough that I doubted that even Ganondorf could don such armor. Taking advantage of my stunned and startled state, the foe lunged forward, attempting to seize me by the neck. I narrowly dodged the advance with a sidestep, putting me at the foot of the bed, and my enemy squarely between me and my only means of escape. I, as if by habit, reached for the shield on my back, only to be reminded that I left the thing at home. Double great. Only one way to handle this, then. I removed my sword from its sheath and re and readied it in my hands. Uh, my feet settled into position and I lowered myself into a wide stance if this thing tried to grab me again I knew what I w- what I would do but as if to counter my own weapon the ironclad brute removed a gigantic battle axe from behind it b- from behind its back securing the axe in both hands and taking a large step forward the foe did not hesitate to deliver a devastating overhead strike power not speed was its game so I jumped once more to, uh, to the side, just as the axe came down hard on the cot. Feathers and ripped linen showered the room. I, ri- I readied myself and, bl- and blew my bangs from out of my eyes. The assailant seemed to struggle a bit mm-hmm. to lift its weapon from the debris, so I took the opportunity to make a mad dash for the door. But, as if out of nowhere, I saw the axe fly toward me with a spinning horizontal motion. The only reason I didn't end up st- uh, staying on the wall of Ganondorf's chamber was Uh, That second was because I was able to quickly lift my sword and block its strike, my non-dominant hand pressed against the flat of the blade. The enemy's uh, strike certainly knocked me back a few feet, but my reflexes proved effective enough to keep me breathing. Blood began to drip from my right hand as I peeled it away from the blade. I clenched my fist to dull the sting. My back was now to the corner of the room, so I again mounted a stance and faced my opponent. I stepped battle, it stepped, battle axe in hand, a few steps to its left, placing itself once more between me and the door. I knew I didn't want, it knew I wanted out of there, and this thing wasn't going to give me what I wanted. Releasing its weapon from its left hand, it began to swing it wildly in its right. It must have assumed that, since it had me against a corner, it had me dead to rights. So I did, so I did something incredibly stupid. I lunged directly into the the foe's attack, letting my my feet fly forward from under me, and my body fell to the floor. With the wind of the axe swings brushing against my face, I just had just enough momentum to slide between the assailant's legs and reach the center of the room. The the brute took a moment to react Mm -hmm. to what had just happened, so I lifted my sword and surveyed the back of its armor. Between the plates of of pure iron, areas I knew my my blade would have no effect against. I noticed a thin opening just a, a thin opening that revealed a weaker material underneath. That was my only chance. With the weak point decided, I raised my sword above my head and brought it down with a vertical slice. My opponent had let out some kind of metallic shriek, not unlike a steaming furnace. Not unlike a steaming furnace, clenching its back To reveal even more of the gap between its armor, I thrust my sword fast and deep into the opening and felt something like cords snapping within its body. By the time I drew my sword out, my foe had already dropped to its knees and slouched forward. I watched its body fall to the floor, whatever life remaining within its iron hull seemingly fading. The flicker of the red candle was the only movement in that room for quite a while as I reflected on the events that had just transpired. That's enough investigating for tonight. Where is he? I thought angrily to myself, my footsteps pounding hard against the floor, matching in intensity uh, by my heartbeat. I did not want to confront the Ruto King. Nothing about the man relaxed me, but to be completely honest, knowing that he had some sort of relationship with Ruto, political, personal, or even both, sickened me. And I especially did not want to confront him after last night with whatever that monster was in his closet still fresh in my memory. I don't think my adrenaline had quite settled from the brief battle. And even though it ended victorious for me, I got lucky. The goddesses had been on my side. The red candle still flickered ominous, ominously, ominously in my head, haunting as my mind replayed the event. Why was that thing even in there? Um, My stomach lurched and I pressed forward. Maybe I won't find him. Maybe I'll get lucky again. Immediately, my hope was shot down. A door, o- a door ahead of me opened and into the hall stepped a tall... Stepped the tall, broad, menacing form of Ganondorf Dragmire. His wild mass of hair hung loose today, making him appear somehow even more imposing, like a prowling lion. Behind him, smaller in build but not in personality, Nuburu followed, cold eyes staring dead ahead. Slung at her hip, a scimitar caught the light cast by the morning sun through uh, through the hall windows and glittered flawlessly. Oh boy, I thought... The man caught sight of me and his face split into a devilish grin. I felt my posture stiffen. And there goes my hope for any luck. If it isn't the princess's own private eye. His voice boomed and it took all of my it took all of my willpower not to flinch. I hear your case has been making waves in town. It's going fine, thank you, I said, coming to stop uh coming to a stop to stand in front of him. I gave Nimbor a short nod of greeting, which she returned with a quiet, a quiet glare. Yes, yes. I hear that staple hand has been exonerated of guilt. What was his name? Uh Ingo. Ah right. Shame. I had money on him. I did not know what to make of that. I did not think I did not even think Ingo would register Ganondorf's realm, had he? Oh, wait. I think he's making a joke. Um, I grunted nonchal- uh, committally, trying to conceal my moment of confusion. I don't think he noticed, but R- Nabru certainly caught on. The slightest motion of her head acted as if as my only tell, but sh- I still knew. I shrugged. Speaking of the case, I would like to sit down with you, both of you, at some point in the next couple of days to ask some, some questions. Ganondorf nodded. Of course. Anything to help you, child. I will seek you this evening, after dinner. Child. Well, that didn't need... Well, that needed no interpretation in my head. Uh, That... Well, that needed no interpretation. In my head, I scowled. Outside, though, I rolled uh, with the man's punches. Shall I meet you in your quarters? No. He said smoothly, brushing out his cloak and beckoning Noburu to follow. She gave an obedient nod, and the two of them went ste- uh, them went to step past me. I will find you. It shouldn't be difficult. I let them go forward, but I wasn't done. Not just yet. Why? What's wrong with your quarters? I pushed. That is not appropriate, now, is it? Only if you're hiding something. Ganondorf rose, his back fully to me. He positively fi- uh, filled the room, and I... "'considered for a split second the possibility "'that I might have just made a mistake. "'So what did I do? "'I pulled out my shovel and I just kept digging. "'You're not hiding anything, are you, Lord Ganondorf?' "'He looked over his shoulder, not even bothering to turn around. "'All I got was side-eye, a bright golden glare "'to encompass my entire being and and make me feel "'like I was standing off with both man and beast. "'Oh yeah, he knows.' "'Trust can be broken, Link.' even by those you think you know.
3: Always be pre- prepared for it, and you can never be caught off guard. I must insist
0: that you refrain from intruding upon me again. I watched him saunter down the hallway in that self-assured way, making a mental note to get back to whatever that was when he apparently found me after dinner. And Noburu said nothing. Uh, Her gaze stuck out to me somehow, like it had some kind of story to tell. I'll try and catch her later, too. Hopefully without him, if I'm lucky. Okay. Mid morning found me once again in Kakrio Village, standing outside a rundown shack. The dark blue paint peeled from the paneling, revealing old, warped wood beneath, and the porch tilted at an ever so slight angle. Considering who lived within the walls, this little house saddened me. The man truly had lost it all, even, apparently, his passion for what he did best. For a moment, I did not blame him one bit for his anger. Muto stood on his crooked porch, awaiting my arrival. He barely looked at me, um, like he had tried this... What? He barely looked at me like he had tried this morning, standing in the same untied blue robe, his pot belly hanging out. He'd lost weight, I thought. I tried to smile brightly at him, but the man looked as run down as the house. He shook his head wordlessly and beckoned me inside to follow. Um... I did so, quickly, as the boards beneath my boots creaked with every step I took. I worried I'd fall through if I lingered too long. Once inside, I could see the remnants of a hurried tidy job, plates piled in the sink, a couple of dust bunnies swept beneath the counter, and cabinet stuff so full that doors wouldn't, the doors wouldn't shut. The kitchen table stood pristine though, and something told me that that's where Muto and I would be landing to talk. Sure enough, Butoh offered me a chair at the table. Um, it looked stable enough, so I thanked him and accepted. Removing my cap as I did so, he stood opposite me and blinked at me. Guess I'm starting first. Uh, nice place, I said. Why, why? To his credit, he did not honor, me, uh, he did not honor my stupid and false observation with the response. Uh, there are a couple things I wanted to ask you about. A couple things I think you can clear up. My, my throat felt dry. But I continued. The first thing I wanted to ask—the uh, first thing I wanted to ask you about—was your disagreement with King Hyrule. Can you tell me what happened? He sighed, his shoulders rising and falling. Uh, his Majesty contracted me to expand and solidify this village as a stronghold in the kingdom. My men and I worked tirelessly for years, constructing a place worthy of the goddesses. It was to be the cornerstone of the kingdom and for years the king supported from afar. Sure, there were some setbacks. Sure, my, ki- my men were knuckleheads from time to time, but in the end, we did everything we could according to the king's instructions. And then, the king- and then came the day he showed up, unannounced, demanding to see our progress. We were so proud of what we had made, of what bore the name Kup- Muto Carpentry and Partners. But the king was not satisfied and demanded more. More expansions, more shops, more houses to encourage migration and trade. More than I thought we could give him in the amount of time demanded at first. But I agreed. He increased our budget, and we went double time. There were nights we didn't sleep. He barely took a breath as he spoke, his words flowing like rapid waters from his mouth. How long had this poor man been waiting to talk to someone? His his eyes were focused on the past, so I took a moment to look around at the little shack. No signs of company existed anywhere. I knew Muto had largely been aloof since falling out of grace with the king, but I didn't realize just how bad it had been. Um, he had a family once, sons, I thought, and Granny, the potions master, too. But this home spoke of a, of a man who had no one, and I wondered if, once this was all over, if I could clear his name, I should make a point to visit more often. I may not have, I may not have known him very well, but no person deserved this. Then again, I told myself very pointedly, who better to commit a crime than someone who has nothing left to lose? I refocused on the carpenter. He had not even noticed my lo- uh, his loss of my attention. Words still spew- spewing forth, unfiltered. I should have told him I needed more hands. Maybe even hired a few myself. But the carpentry business, you see, is competitive. And if Muto Carpentry stood at the top with our royal contracts... I couldn't just ask anyone, and I certainly couldn't take the time to train a fresh face. No, I needed experience. I needed history. Someone who could handle the pressure with ease. And who knew and who knew what they were doing? No, someone would go... Not someone that would go gallivanting around town, wasting time. Someone that could hold up just, not just the standards of Mudo Carpentry, but to the standards of the throne. Must have been difficult," I said. He sighed. Uh, "Not at all, actually. Many masters offered to leave their practices. Some even offered mergers with me. Everyone wanted to be part of the business backed by the King of Hyrule. Then what happened? I didn't want them. None of them were good enough. I thought. Looking back, though, I see how wrong I was. But my arrogance was at— but my arrogance at the time." would definitely cost me everything. Eventually you would fall so eventually we would fall so far behind our long nights leading to stupid costly mistakes and the king revoked his contracts and I got stuck with the bill. His majesty was not perfect in all this either, I thought to myself. I noted through I noted though that Muto suddenly did not seem like the angry man who wrote the scathing letter to the king that Zelda had found. I pulled, at, I pulled it from my tunic and set it on the table. He glanced at it, chewing his lip, and eventually nodded. I was at a rage when I wrote that. I still don't see... I still did not see my own faults in all this. And do you now? Look around, Link. I don't have anything left going for me. So many confidence from across the kingdom asked to join me. I could have accepted. Even just one of them. Kakariko would have been a grand city center, His Majesty had asked for. And it would have given me. It would have had my name all over it. This would have been my city. But I didn't think any, any of them were good enough. Were they, though? Not all of them, of course. But a couple of them were here. Yeah. A couple of them. I reason could have been better than me. And maybe could have, even could have carried my name into the future. Instead, Muto Carpentry and Potters is is dissolved. My team scattered to who knows where, and I went bankrupt. It's my fault. This didn't seem like a man that continued to put the blame on others for his misfortunes. This was a man so steeped in regret he could only blame himself. That's actually why I went to the banquet. To say all this to the king, to apologize. To prove to him that I had changed. Muto stood, plodded over to his overstuffed cabinet, and pulled out a stack of parchment. He brought it back and set it before me, right at the, right on top of his note. It, I looked at them. A loan? Made out of Muto Carpentry and Partners. I read the paperwork over. It was, in fact, a very hefty loan. The kind that only a desperate man would fathom to take. At terms only only men with nothing uh, at terms that, that only men with nothing would accept, men like Muto. I flipped to the last page and found the date, just days before the banquet. It took a while for the bank to accept my application, but they have. And in the time before the banquet, I had begun to try and locate my old crew. I had even reached out. I had even reached back out to some of the old masters that had approached me before. Who could have possibly uh and who could have possibly want to join an old has been? I knew that if I look if I could get back the king's good graces, maybe they'd agree to join me. Maybe I could rebuild my business. Then maybe, just maybe, my family will return to me. And if the king turns you down? It was Mudo's turn to interrupt me. I never got the chance to talk to him about it in detail. Just as I opened up on the subject, his highness, her highness, uh, came to inform her father that dinner was ready. and and, uh, And that he should address his gathering. He said he'd continue the conversation with me after dinner, but... Hmm. I flipped through the loan agreement again, scanning it over. The terms of the agreement seemed aggressively binding, the type that would carry on for generations if left unpaid. Children, and children's children, would be bound to buy this debt. Why would he risk all of that if his intention was to exact some petty revenge? May I take this with me? I asked, lifting the parchment. He nodded. Then I just have one more question. Uh, You purchased a vial of poison that was found to be the cause of the king's death. Why? He considered me for a moment, then drooped. Come with me, lad. We crossed the kitchen uh, to a door jammed shut by a jerry-rigged lock that that appeared to be fashioned out of scrap metal and splintered wood. A nearby broken broom explained the latter part. He pulled the wood from the metal, and the door creaked open, revealing a single torch on the wall, faintly and rather ominously illuminating a descending staircase. I gulped, an unreasonable thought and fear crossing my mind for a split second. Funny sometimes that I should bear the Triforce of Courage. In that moment, I felt far from courageous. Um imagining all the horrors that could possibly be kept in the basement of a man with nothing left. My mind screamed to me, Nope, nope, nope! But reason pushed forward, and I followed him down. We entered a basement that my eyes could barely make out, until Muto crossed the room and lit a second, much larger torch. Nothing down here was the least bit frightening. Old tools in the corners, um, a couple of piles of wood stacked neatly against one of the walls, an old workbench, still holding um, a half-solid plank and a handsaw. Against another wall, several half-sanded cabinet doors stood, waiting patiently, waiting patiently be, uh, to be finished and gathering dust. The sad remnants of who Muto used to be, an old workroom roo- work that hadn't, been, hadn't seen any love or attention in seasons. If these walls could talk, I pondered, and then a realization hit me like a stone. They are talking. Tuning my ears, I honed I honed in on what I could just heard a squeak, a sigh. The scratchings and skitterings of tiny clawed feet an infestation. Rats? I asked. He nodded. Oh well I guess that explains the poison. I had not even to underst- I had not even begun to understand that my sus, sus- sub- th- I had not even begun to consider that my suspects could have purchased the poison for its intended purpose. It's useful, and the draks, and the rats streak it up like crazy. But I've let the problem go on so long, I think I might need more. The empty vial is right here. If you want it, be careful. He pointed to the saw table where a bowl and a small glass of uh, a small glass vial sat empty. I picked up the vial, raising it by torch, raising it up to the torchlight, noting the pale golden stain that had been the seven years' sleep. I thanked the man. I don't know what I'm going to do, Link, but I'll figure it out. Somehow. These were not the words of a killer. They were the words of a contrite man grasping at a way to mend his own broken life. I thanked Muto for his time and took my leave. A single room existed in the castle where I knew I would not be interrupted, a place where no one else dared to go, for it was sacred, a room for prayer and quiet reflection for the royal family alone, a shrine to the goddess Nehru, from whom generations of monarchs and descendants had sought clarity. Not even Impa would enter here, and seeing as Zelda was gearing up for a coronation, I knew she'd be in the meet- uh, she'd be in meetings all day with the council. She told she told me in the past that if I go in, if I wanted, uh. She told me that in the past that I could go in if I wanted, but until that point, I never really saw any use. I certainly did now, uh, with a meeting with Ganondorf now uh, imminent. Um, I could use help, or, if nothing else, the peace. The shrine itself was fairly simple, a strange thing inside the castle, where normally any tribute to the, um, the Sacred Trinity or the White Goddess would be festooned with gold and jewels and elaborate detail. This shrine only contained a richly colored glass figure, all a shade of blue reserved for the royal family alone, um, save for a small golden triangle suspended between its open hands. It stood on a pearl white pedestal um, atop, atop a pearl white step, just high enough that with one knelt before it, the eyes looked down upon the subject, protective and loving as the goddess herself. At the base of the pedestal, a few bundles of flowers in different stages of age and wilt had been offered as gifts. Zelda had been here a few times in the past few days. I was not the the least bit surprised. I stood from paying my respects and thanked Nehru for her guidance to come. Then uh, Then I turned, returned to the small table and chair I had set up, and sat down. My notes lay before me, every thought I had, every discovery I made, and every piece of evidence I had painstakingly tracked down and gathered. When all, when all collected, I, frett, I, fe- I fretted at just how little I would actually done. Reducing every moment since, his death of his, since the death of his royal highness to mere ink on parchment had effectively made my time seem wasted. I had felt no closer to solving this case than I had the first day, when I stood staring down at the king's body with Impa, pondering his cause of death. Rat poison, seven years sleep, a mix of poison master a mix by Poison Master Granny of Kakariko. That line alone had taken me days to fill out. Days. All for 13 words. I tried to keep the overwhelming nature of my task at bay, plunging out, plunging on to review all I had written down. Six suspects initially, Ganondorf, Niburu, Ingo, Ruto, Darunia, and Muto. I have eliminated Ingo, Muto, and Darunia, and I have added, added Zelda. The part still bothered me a great deal, my friend, my dear friend, I shook my head and continued. Ganondorf and Nabru have yet to speak. I have yet to speak with. I suspect Ruto and Ganondorf have forged both a political and personal relationship, and a letter from Ruto to Ganondorf to prove this. Ganondorf has been approaching the leaders of other races in search for, for. My stomach growled. Oh wow, I'm hungry. <laughs> in search of support for a coup, in exchange for aid in dealing with their problems. I wonder what's for dinner. (laughs) I shook my head sharply, realizing that I had been glass-eyed staring at the statue of Nehru. It was quite lovely, but it held no answers for me. The goddess was still and silent. The flowers Zelda brought to the shrine were gorgeous. I wasn't too familiar with the flowers she kept in her courtyard, but I did not recall seeing these there. broad petaled pale blue and white, with little golden pistules, um... Uh, splayed like tiny, thin fingers. Zelda only wanted to stop Ganondorf. She had always been scared of him. I can't say I blame her, though. And then, something within one of the bouquets glittered faintly in the candlelit room. I squinted. A fairy? I tapped the ribbon-bound stems. It danced and fluttered, calling to me, but... But it was an offer to Nehru. Who was I to desecrate the Holy Family Shrine? The shrine in my... The shrine of my very dear friend. I stared at it. I blinked at it. I have to know. As I stood, a knock echoed through the room, and I froze in place like a caught child. I think the expression, nothing, even escaped my lips. Um, I chucked lightly to myself, making my way to the door and sticking my head into the hall. I came face to face with Impa, sullen and dark. She blinked several times at me, opening and closing her mouth without sound. What is it? I asked. Coming into the hall, closing the door of the shrine behind me. Something told me I was about to be taken somewhere else.
1: It's Lord Ganondorf. He's been murdered. I
0: stood over Ganondorf's cold, dead body. The Gerudo King lay crumpled on the floor of a dark castle hallway, left to soak in a pool of his own blood. Throat slit right, wide open. It did not take a true blue sleuth like, uh, to, see that, to see that cause of death. And once again, I found myself examining the circumstances behind a corpse, trying to paint a picture of the events that led to a man's unexpected demise. Flashes of King Hyrule's lifeless body, his yellow stained mouth, met the call of, his, of this familiar scene. I felt a deep pit within my stomach. Less a reaction to the gruesome image before me, and more a realization that my entire case had gone full circle. Ganondorf seemed to have been been returning to his chamber when he was attacked. Based on the position of of the body, it seemed that he had turned a blind corner in this twisting hallway and quickly met the edge of a blade. This particular part of the castle was isolated, obscured, the perfect place for an ambush. Whoever killed him had either been waiting for him to turn the corner, or had been closely tailing him. Naburu was nowhere to be found. A part of me wonder if she had made a run for it, enjoying a newfound freedom, or perhaps in guilt? If she were the one who had killed the king, killed her king. I dispatched Impa to search the, wa- the Gerudo Warriors' quarters for any indication of his whereabouts. I dispatched Impa to search the Gerudo Warriors' quarters for any indication of her whereabouts, but knowing Naburu, she was the kind of person who could only stay could, who could only be found if she wanted to be and without a clear idea of how long her master's corpse had been laying here, she could be halfway across Hyrule for all I knew. I searched Ganondorf's cloak for anything useful, but it seemed that, even in death, the Rudo King wasn't going to offer up any information easily. His pockets were empty, and I was left without a clue. I was no more closer to the conclusion of this case than I had been an hour earlier. Frustration filled me. Sure, the death of Ganondorf eliminated another suspect, but... Was there any real satisfaction in any of that now? Perhaps Ganondorf had murdered King Hyrule and paid the price with his own life. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. I'd never get to talk to him now. So the word was all I had left with. No, I assured myself. I'll figure something else. I'll figure something out. I have to. I stepped into the castle courtyard to get some air as I waited for Impa to return. The largest wrinkle in, her inves- in the investigation had just occurred, and I needed some time away to clear my head. Hyrule Castle's tallest tower cast a deep shadow across this open area, my eyes tracing its angles across the grass. I took a few solitary steps along the outside of the courtyard perimeter, where a line of ancient trees had been planted long ago. Somehow, the heavy shade of the trees seemed less oppressive than the stark shadow of the castle's towers. Not many people ventured this far away from the main gate, too, so I knew I'd had, I'd had some privacy. Or so I thought. As I kicked my, key, I kicked my feet forward, I heard a <laughs> from among the trees. I turned sharply and saw a faint figure poking out from behind one of the largest trunks. Who or what is that? I gripped my sword as I, placed, as I slowly paced forward. One person had already been cut down that day. I didn't want to be the second. Then, to my utter surprise, from behind the tree emerged Nabooru, her gilded eyes piercing through the Veil of Shade. I clenched, my, I clenched the hilt of my sword tighter. Nabooru! What?
1: You seek information on the death of Ganondorf, I have it.
0: She stated. Her voice was a chilling in its bluntness. Did you... Nabooru nodded.
1: Of course I did.
0: She half drew her scimitar for a moment, then slid it back into its place. My mouth gaped for a moment, before slamming shut. But you were Ganondorf's best, I said, exasperated. Why did you end his life?
1: I could not let him overthrow the royal family. Our peace with the Highlands is tenuous at best. We've worked so hard to settle our differences, and he wanted to throw it all away for a chance at power.
0: So he was the murderer after all, then, I asked, trying to fully understand the situation that had unfolded?
1: It's not that simple. He wanted to kill your king, and he certainly would have if given the chance, but it seems someone else sees the opportunity first.
0: As Nabooru continued her explanation, I realized my fingers were still wrapped around the hilt of my sword. I realized my grip and interjected, start from the beginning, please. I re- it- Sorry, let me, let me read that again. I'm- <laughs> I messed that up. I released my grip and interjected, start from the beginning, please.
1: Ganondorf had had devised a plan to assassinate the king, at the banquet, I presume, with the help of the Zora princess.
0: Ruto. So they were working together.
1: Ganondorf planned to poison the king and seize power for himself, but he made one mistake. He told me.
0: So Ruto purchased the poison for Ganondorf? Wait, my mind attempted to reclaim the facts from the investigation thus far. Why did you purchase the same poison then?
1: To poison Ganondorf, of course. I knew I had to stop him, lest he destroy everything our nation worked for. And it seemed appropriate to kill him at the same banquet at which he intended to kill your king.
0: That's dark, I thought.
1: But someone stole my vial before I could carry out my plan.
0: I remembered the conversation I had with Zelda's servant. Under the princess's orders, Naburu's vial had been stolen from her and hidden away. But what of Ruto's?
1: I knew I'd get another opportunity to slay my king soon enough. But I had time to prevent the death of yours.
0: Her head dropped. Uh, her head dropped. She appeared regretful, a rare emotion for a Gerudo warrior.
1: As you can imagine, Ganondorf was elated with the death of King of the death of King Hyrule. He had kept his hands clean, and he could move on to the next phase of plan. Of course, he waited to wait until you finished your little investigation first.
0: So that thing in Ganondorf's closet, I asked
1: was meant for me. He realized my dedication had started to wane and that I would turn on him.
0: That made sense. He had all but told me the very same thing in the hall when we last spoke.
1: After you confronted him about it, his pride swelled. He, by his own arrogant logic, felt the need to get back at you. He was distracted, so I took advantage by slitting his despicable throat.
0: I recalled the image of Ganondorf's lifeless body. He must have turned that corner and was suddenly surprised by his own ally standing before him with Scimitar in hand. For all his perceived foresight, it seemed that his own arrogance blinded him in the end. It's too bad my blade wasn't the thing that brought him down. I felt that I had received everything I could from Nibiru at the conclusion of her tale. I bid her farewell, assuming that she would return home to her people to report Ganondorf's death. I sighed at the doorway of the royal family shrine to Nehru shut wait I sighed as the door to the royal family shrine to Nehru shut with an audible click. I stepped forward and once again faced the altar. Instead of returning to my table and the stack of notes I had on my case, I knelt once more beneath the glass eyes of the patron goddess of wisdom. Funny, how much I had asked of Nehru in the past afternoon, considering that in my past, if I prayed, it had been from Ferore that I sought guidance. Did, God, did goddesses send messages to each other? <laughs> I pondered the thought for a mere mortal sending a divine being on a mission to deliver a message. I'd probably be smited for such in, uh, insolence. Well, maybe if it were Din. She's the fiery one, after all. This wasn't helping. I was close to, uh, I was close to a conviction, I thought. I needed to connect just a few more dots. Whose, position, whose poison ultimately slew the king? And who administered its dosage? My eyes were drawn back to the flower offerings Zelda had made at the base of the shrine, and I suddenly remembered the little glittering fairy light that I had seen within one of them. the more wilted of the bundles, this one bound in a white ribbon, glancing back at my sh- glancing back over my shoulder to the door, I paused for several minutes to ensure I was alone. This was not the sort of thing I would normally do, but I had to know what was in those flowers. Something inside me just let just could not let it go. The only thing that greeted me. From outside the room was silence. I turned back and carefully lifted the bundle off the pearl stair. Carefully, delicately, I pushed the flowers apart, doing my best not to harm them or loosen their bonds. I could see something tucked inside, barely peeking out of out to catch the light cast by the torch. I poked my fingers through or I poked my fingers inside and tried to grasp it. it took a couple of tries, but eventually I managed a firm grasp and slowly pulled it out and stared. Oh no. Not this. I felt my heart race. My vision tunneled as every single word, every single clue started snapping together like puzzle pieces. I heard each voice in my head once more.
2: Funny thing about masks, Link. We all wear one.
3: The words we say, the faces we show to the world. Who is to say that the me you see is truly me at all?
0: Trust can be broken, Link. Even by those you think you know. Always be prepared for it, and you can never be cut off guard.
2: I know I should have told you the truth from the beginning.
0: My hands shook as I held it, so badly I wanted to believe her, so badly I wanted her sincerity. I had blinded myself to the truth because I couldn't handle what it could possibly be, what it was, and then it hit me right in the face, and I couldn't look away. She let me into her study. I'm not really sure why, to be honest, but I knew my fury showed on my face. I can't really describe what I felt Um, in my chest, in my core. A flame had been lit within me and it spread into this raging inferno the more I thought through the truth. What had been in front of my eyes the whole time. She guided me to sit once more in her chair, but I refused, standing with fists clenched around the vial. That wretched vial. Clear, mostly, save for a pale yellow stain at the bottom, glass, identical to the one Muto had given me that now resided on a small table near the shrine. A vial once containing a certain specialized poison, the seven-year sleep found in the belly and the chalice of the late King of Hyrule. I I recalled the conversation I had had with the servant. Who was it? Who asked you to take the poison from Nabooru?
1: My lady, Princess Zelda.
0: Zelda blinked at me, patiently waiting for me to begin but words had fallen aside. I tossed the vial at her. She caught it. After a moment, her expression relaxed, like a burden had been pulled from her shoulders, like she had been relieved.
2: You know the funny thing about this? I can't even be mad at you for going into that room and for finding this.
0: Did you you think that I would never discover the truth then? I seethed.
2: I knew you would, Link. I know you. How dedicated, Thorough and willing you are to go to the very ends of the kingdom to find your answers. It's why you were brought here in the first place, to my father's banquet, and why you were assigned to the case.
0: My, my eyes narrowed at her as I struggled to put together her meaning. She spoke in riddles. I needed facts. You wanted to be figured out.
2: Absolutely not, no. I knew I would be, though, if I put you on the case. But who else could it be, though? Who else would the kingdom unflinchingly trust? They needed someone of note on the case, not some unknown face from within the castle.
0: Her eyes stared into mine.
2: The kingdom needed you to tell them who killed the king.
0: That you killed the king? The princess chuckled softly, rubbing her eyes.
2: Hmm. Do you really think that is what they are going to hear? What the official reports will say?
0: That made me sit. Hard with a growl as I ripped my my cap off my head and ran my hand angrily through my hair. Start from the beginning, I demanded, not sure if I truly wanted to hear it. I did not want to hear her speak at all. Could I even trust what she said? Yet I needed the truth. I needed to hear her say it. She sighed, watching me wearily.
2: (sighs) My father was a fool to not see how he buried his kingdom apart. He stopped listening to the council, and to me, seasons ago. Wearing down our ties with the Gorns and the Zora had left the throne of Hylian's vulnerable. He did not want to hear them out, to work with them any further, and it was putting us all in danger. I had known about Lord Ganondorf's coup for some time.
0: How? I interrupted, not really giving a single hair on a horse's backside that I could just cut off the reigning matriarch and heir apparent. To me, she no longer deserved those titles. She did not deserve to be a descendant of Hylia.
2: Ganondorf wasn't the only one with eyes on all parts of the kingdom. I had my own little birders keeping me informed. I knew he was recruiting others to take part in his cause. I knew he threatened the Gerudo's relationship with Hyrule, his entire nation's very livelihood by plotting the king's death.
0: She turned to face the light coming in through the window.
2: It would have plunged us into a war once more, and that is not something I can sit idly by and do nothing about.
0: Why didn't you tell her Majesty then? Why didn't you tell His Majesty then? I asked. The princess turned and barked a cold, cold laugh that stabbed straight into me.
2: Ha! <laughs> I did tell him, Link. I told him more times than I cared to count. This investigation should have shown you that my father did not listen.
0: My body tensed up. I felt the person before me was no longer the princess I had known all my life. She was different now.
2: It was like he did not want to believe that he could be played, but he had been and it was starting to put our people in danger. The more support Ganondorf mustered, the more inevitable war became.
0: Zelda's words were, sh- were as sharp as a knife, slowly twisting into me.
2: When he garnered the support of Ruto and through her, the Zora angry with the Hylian throne, and there were many, it became apparent that something more needed to be done, something drastic.
0: So Zelda had discovered the Zora princess's role in all this. Ruto had a vial on her at the time of the banquet. Did you have, her, did you have your servant steal hers as you had with Nabooru's?
2: I didn't have to. A little digging on my part revealed she had a change of heart regarding Ganondorf's plan. She never brought her poison into the castle the night of the banquet. Maybe she resolved to use it on someone else? Her own father, perhaps? In any case, her part in Ganondorf's treachery helped muddy the waters a little bit. It was, and will continue to be, a useful weapon to wield.
0: I realized then that, for the only I realized then that for only one reason, Rudo still kept her head, even though Zelda knew her secrets war the kingdom had seen its fair share barely a generation ago and still struggled to completely stand in recovery. My own history, my first year the first year of my own life, and the princess's life too, had been burned with the flames of war. The taste was still fresh, the wound still painful to the land. I growled and lay. My head in my hands, this twisted game was not one that I was cut out for, but Zelda was, and she played me like a master. Like a goddess, benevolent and malevolent. I both pitied her. I both pitied my homeland and felt assured in its protection. So when did you switch his goblet?
2: Just before the meal. He was already fairly drunk by that point, and the silver cup used to be my mother's, so he didn't think much of it. He thought he was drinking from it in her honor not even sober enough to consider that a cup had been untouched in his study since her death
0: that white mask another piece snapped into place
2: thank you for returning it by the way
0: zelda smiled greatly reading my mind i stared those eyes could see straight into my thoughts they always had i had let her in so far that i didn't need i needn't speak and she could hear me suddenly that idea frightened me
2: i know my servant did not mean to drop it but I did not need her drawing suspicious eyes, so I ordered her to leave it where it lay.
0: Was this the same servant that stole the poison from Nibiru?
2: It was the second servant. She also mixed the poison in my father's ear, then brought it to me, and I gave it to him.
0: To stop a theoretical war, I reiterated, puncturing every word.
2: An inevitable war, if nothing else was done.
0: I stared off with her, My anger subsiding into the lowest, deepest, most cutting sense of defeat I had ever known. I had fought sword and shield, risked my life against threats and fears in this land, and several times I had barely uh, scraped onward by the skin of my teeth. But never before had I known what it was like to lose. Zelda had played me, and I had to let her do it. The worst part, though, of the whole thing, is that I knew the plan would work. She'd make it work, somehow it would be for the greatest good of her, it would be for the greater good of her people and all the people of the land ultimately i know i knew that's what this was all about what she had always sought and cared about before anything or anyone else the greater good of hyrule i can't say she's wrong i can't say anything i never knew i would no one would ever know the truth of who killed the king what will you say i asked my voice meek and smothered beneath the weight of all i had discovered to your people what will you tell them zelda stood and slowly crossed the room hands clasped at her chest and chin lowered as if in prayer she stood back to me uh, she stood back to me for a couple moments
2: your reports will find ganondorf responsible his second in command will be honored as a hero in his death for preservation of peace his plan to usurp my father's throne will be revealed admitting, of course, his involvement with Ruto. Soon after, once I have taken the throne, my first decree will be to call for the renegotiation of treaties with the Guardians and the Zor. in memory of his royal majesty.
0: Bold, I thought, and perfect. I did not want to be around to see it through. I wanted to be as far away from Hyrule, from her, as I possibly could be. Starting right in that moment, I stood and made my way wordlessly to the door. Link? I glanced back to meet her beautiful blue eyes. It was the last time I would ever see them. But it was not my friend who looked at me. Who looked back at me? It was not the girl I had grown with, who had been part of, my, uh, who had held a part of my heart, and whose heart I, I, I knew I held. Princess, heir apparent, sage, the new leader of Hyrule. She blinked, her crown catching the light.
2: I thank you truly for your service. I only wish there had been another way.
0: Me too, I said. And I left, letting the door close behind me for the last time. I walked out of the castle in a daze, returned to my home, gathered those things that it did not hold, such painful memories of a land and love betrayed, and, amongst fierce heartache, I left Hyrule, never to look back. There you go, that's a murder in Castletown. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed something different on the Champions cast. Of course, be sure to like, subscribe, review, all of that good stuff on iTunes and Podbean. We're going to be back to our regular grind next week. Until then, take care.